well, thank you, 2021, um, for a few good movies <laughs> and for a lot of bad ones. And here's hoping that 2022 will surprise us because we're not going to hear about the good ones. You don't hear about the good ones ahead of time. Well, that's what we hope to talk more about on this podcast. Movies of substance and then movies that make us angry. <laughs> <laughs> Going back into 2021, I went to like 2021 movies and I literally was scrolling through and realized, you know, I wanted to do like a recap of like, let's talk about like all the movies we watched last year, like that came out last year. And I realized that like the only movies I watched were called Lamb and Pig. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Skunk? (laughs) I was like, what the crap is happening? (laughs) And, you know, they were both pretty good. (laughs) I was like, why? What's happening? Oh, dude. Platypus. <laughs> They're both misleading, too. They're really not. Well, actually, yeah, they are. <laughs> what am I talking about? Both of them are about a lamb and a pig. <laughs> the lamb one was a was a trip, though. I saw a pig. I didn't see lamb. You did see pig? Oh, I loved pig. I said, when I saw a pig, I, te- I text you guys and said, Pig is awesome and very unexpected, and I would want to talk about it. Oh, well, here we are. We also know what else we're going to talk about. It's just going to happen. It's going to come up. We've already exhausted it off air. Uh-huh. But <clears throat> anyway, Pig, uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> it's about a truffle pig, which is a pig that sniffs out truffles. You know those fancy truffle fries you get at a fancy restaurant when yeah, you want you, you fancy even, fries? Yeah, you think you're so friggin' fancy with your truffle you fries. Fancy fries. Yeah, you don't know crap about where it Do comes from. Do you know from. about the pig that sniffed out those fries in the desert? You, you don't even appreciate the pigs that get those fries for you. It's a real thing, and it's Nicolas Cage in the wilderness with a pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's like already sounds ridiculous. And, it, and the pig... Gets kidnapped. Who would want a pig? Ki- pig nap. Pig napped. <laughs> Who'd want a pig so nap? True. Who'd want a pig nap a kid? What <laughs> 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 they do, and then it's about him trying to get his pig back, and it's it's actually so heartfelt and beautiful and weird, <sighs> and I was waiting for the moment where Nicolas Cage goes like totally Nick Cage, you know, where he just mm-hmm. snaps and becomes like, like, he, you know, <laughs> he just gets to that point in like so many movies where he's just like, his veins are popping out and it's just like, well, here we go. Nick Cage is going crazy. <laughs> and it never, well, I don't want to say never because he does have his moments, but I was just sort of waiting for that. Like, when is he going to snap? You know? Yeah, I didn't... Uh, what are we supposed to be talking about right now? I don't know. I was talking about 2021 20, movies because that was my original plan was to like, let's let's talk about last year's movies mm. and then realize I really have only watched Pig and Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we got. No, and I watched French Dispatch and then we both Dude, you watched, watched, you watched The, the Mustard Resurrectors. Are you, are, you saying, <laughs> are you saying that those are the only movies that you watched that actually came out in 2021? Yeah. You didn't watch any other 2021 releases? No. Huh. I I'm like, yeah, let's do a summary and it's like, oh. There was uh French Dispatch, Lamb, Pig, and The Matrix, and that those are the only movies that came out last year. God, maybe. Oh, in Dune, in Dune what we did uh, a whole podcast yeah, on that. Yeah. You didn't join us, but No. Um no, not, maybe I watched less than you then if I'm trying to think of ones that actually cuz I watched a lot of movies <laughs> last year, but I yeah. watched a lot of movies, and I mean, the COVID, post-COVID episode, <clears throat> you know, all the movies that I watched during that time. Yeah, you watched a lot of... I watched a ton of movies. It was, it was a, a very mixed bag. Really mixed bag, old movies mostly, because a lot of new releases, uh, it just didn't interest me, um, or I didn't have access to them. We got French Dispatch, Sweet Girl, Many Saints of Newark, The Little Things, Lamb, JFK revisited the cow card counter. Like, look, I don't, have you heard of any of these? I didn't even Swan Song, Red Rocket, Spencer. Did you see the the 007, the No Time to Die? No, I don't watch those. I movies. heard it was bad. I heard Venom was bad. <sighs> Infinite, Bad Trip, 
encounter. This sounds like I'm formulating a sentence. <laughs> cry, ma- cry, macho. Time is up. Finch reminiscence. Oh, oh, the Green Knight, which we did a whole uh, episode yeah, on, yeah, which yeah, was yeah, yeah, that was. I'm just gonna say right now. I, th- yeah, I'm pretty sure Green Knight was my favorite film of last year. Uh, which is only about out of five movies. <laughs> so that's not. I don't know if that's. I, I didn't watch any of those. That you just mentioned. Stillwater, The Unforgivable, Red Notice. Oh, La- I watched um Stillwater. What was th- what was that about? Uh it was actually, it was pretty good. It was it was uh Is that not Damon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Damon with a goatee and a hat. <clears throat> it's like he's in a disguise so he doesn't look like Matt Damon. He wa- he he plays uh like a Oklahoma uh what do they call him? Not redneck, but uh um well yeah, that's like essentially what he is, but uh <laughs> roughback. Uh <laughs> What are you talking about? His back was rough, but his neck was not red. No, I, I, I th- rough is a rough neck. Why are you acting like this is real terminology? Yeah, the back, the scratch back. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a carpet bagging. What are you talking back about? Back scratcher. I, I think it's rough neck, which is what they. It's not a thing. It's what they call uh, guys that work on oil drills. Uh, All right, I'm ninety nine percent sure. That that's what they call them, roughnecks. All right, but um, hey, listeners, if this is offensive, if the roughneck name is offensive, we want to know because I've never sorry. heard of it. Sorry, I've never heard of it before. So uh, he, let's just call him a, a roughneck, <laughs> <laughs> a roughnecker. <laughs> and uh, his daughter uh, goes to like study abroad in France, in Paris. Yep, and she gets. Uh, convicted of murder but she maintains her innocence and that she was basically like railroaded by the french uh legal system because Mm -hmm. it's uh it's basically based on um that real story that happened in italy i was i'm forgetting her name but she was huge she was on the joe rogan podcast and a million other things um but she it was a kind of like the story of the girl who went to italy in real life and and uh her roommate was stabbed and she got arrested for it, but it wasn't really her. And there was, this, and the, there was like mass, uh, massive, um, negligence on the, on the part of the police in Italy. And they basically were just like happy to convict the American girl and, and not like, and just leave it at that and not like really do any research or investigating. Um, she actually <clears throat> became, I think was vindicated and was released, but Anyways, it's basically about that scenario and he being this like, like total, like American, red-blooded American Southern guy goes to Paris to like try to help his daughter. Hmm. He starts, he tries to like investigate on her behalf, even though she doesn't really want him to. It's, it's actually a pretty good movie because it's mostly about his relationship with his daughter and how she really doesn't. Basically, she doesn't believe in his ability to come to Paris and actually, like, help her. She doesn't respect him and, and his intelligence and his, like, ability to, like, do that, especially, like, navigating the, the French culture and everything. Hmm. Um, and it is this really big juxtaposition between, like, how he sees the world and then he's just, like... So, imagine taking someone out of Oklahoma who's never left Oklahoma and just placing them in Paris. Yeah. Right. Like that's this guy's situation, and he and so it's kind of beautiful to see how he navigates the culture and how the people from Paris view him. And um, but long story short, he he basically takes it upon himself to try to like free his daughter, and the whole time she's like, "Dad, stop! You're gonna make it worse. Like, let the lawyers do their job." Um, and th- I'm not not gonna spoil it, but um, it's a pretty redemptive movie. I I, I thought it was good. Hmm. That's still water. Still water. Yeah. Where did you see that? Um, I, you know what it was? I heard <coughs> Matt Damon go on, was it um, Armchair Experts maybe? Okay, yeah. And talk about it. Hmm. And and that made me want to go see it or go, like rent it. Okay. Oh, you you spent money. Wow. Look at you, high roller. I think. I, I think so. It's it's a weird yeah it's a weird thing like trying to find something to watch like I was I was thinking about it this morning and how I think uh, as far as like streaming which is what most people do now um, 
I think HBO Max is probably the best streaming service because you get legit movies and like popular movies that like a lot of people want to see. You get all the Studio Ghibli, you get DC Universe, which whatever, and then you get uh yeah like there's a couple good what good ones and then you get um all the HBO shows which are like pretty hard to track down if you want to watch them all in a row. They're really expensive if you're going to like get them all on Blu-ray or something. Um, yeah, I was telling you, right, that I was I started like every DC Universe movie <laughs> last night. I watched 15 minutes of <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 2, uh, the first Suicide Squad, this, the Suicide Squad, the second one, Birds of Prey, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> oh and you uh, watched only a, a little bit of each. Fifteen movies. minutes of every one of these movies last night with with Ben. And so you, um, you watched like almost a full movie. We we watched a movie's worth of DC garbage, <laughs> and it was because it started because we started Aquaman. Like I showed you the other day, that yeah, clip. Yeah. Please, whoever edit, well, Mark, you got to find this clip. I'll, I'll send it to you. Like this clip is so absurd with like these like Power Ranger looking people coming in like breaking into this little quaint home and it's like it's a perfect example of how they direct scenes this is what i've heard that they direct these scenes with two directors they have like an action scene director or just like a a, a the person who kind of leads the the cgi artists and then they have the actual filmmakers and the director who directs the dialogue scenes and so you can just see in one shot sort of it shift from like Mm-hmm. Just like conversation to like the room is just gigantic all of a sudden and the camera makes no sense. It just kind of floats in a circle everywhere. And uh, I know what they're going for. It's they're going for that sort of like uh, revenant, you know, like intensity with super wide lenses and all this action in one take kind of thing. But it's it's a video game. It doesn't look like a, like anything's real. And the fact that the size of the room changes, it's hilarious. So we watched that. It was my roommate's idea. He's like, just throw on Aquaman. I'm like, no, because I thought it would be bad in a way that was just like, this is just bad. Like, this is boring. But it was bad in a way that made us crack up. We were like, oh, this is really entertaining. It's like fascinating. And then we started every single one of the other ones. And um, is this uh, an activity that you would recommend people do? Just just watch (laughs) 10 minutes of every DC movie and hate it uh <laughs> it's well you i don't know i mean i'm i'm amused by i'm amused by th- these movies um expecting so much of their audience right off the bat like they they're expecting that you care right away for like but they don't do the work in the writing the character development the 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 dialogue the scene setup the introduction to make you care. They don't pull you in. It's just sort of like, here's the stuff. And then they just like slap like emotional music on it. And you're just like, okay. And it's like almost all of them start in this way that like just, just throw thrust you into it. So you're just, it's really like you have to get yourself in this mindset. I think of just like sort of popcorn, popcorn film, like just sort of like, whatever, like, Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't expect it, it to be so funny. Like, I just, I was starting these movies and just, like, dying laughing because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, none of this. Anyway. But uh, the DC, the DC Universe is a whole, they, they, you can tell that they were trying to play off of the success of Marvel, which, you know, I guess. How could they not? Is controversial of, or a lot of people think Marvel Universe is, is amazing because it, it it sort of, it did at least all the one-off movies and then it it wrapped them, them all up in the end and i think as far as superhero movies go infinity war and endgame was they were like watchable um but anyway what else did you watch last year you watched stillwater stillwater pig green knight yeah oh matrix did you watch the last duel no, but I want to. Hmm. Oh, you know what I watched? Uh, was just the other day was um, Free Guy. Free Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a free guy. Hey, <laughs> dope guy. Um, you didn't watch Don't Look Up. 
I did watch that. You did? I did. I didn't watch it yet. That seems to be the uh, the that, hot topic. That's the flavor, flavor that. of the month right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could talk about it. I definitely could talk about it, but... Um, well, do you do you think that I'll have a lot to say, or will I'll have a lot to say? Eh, I we mean, could do a whole episode on it. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, right. it's um, it's got it's got a major agenda, and I and that's obvious. I think from just like looking at the trailer or reading the description, but I think the way it was done was a lot more creative and like, um. It was it was made interestingly, which I was not expecting. I was like. This is just going to hit me over the head with some huge, like, climate change, like, agenda thing that's going to be so on the nose. Well, because I didn't even know about the premise until the other day. The, the premise is basically there's a there's a meteor heading for Earth. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that's a spoiler. I felt like it was a spoiler when I heard that. It's, it's, so, it's interesting. It's kind of a, a commentary on our, on our society as a whole right now and how, um, there's like there seems to be no uh agreement upon any one situation or like a scenario and like regardless of how much facts and data people are presenting to to prove something the the society still splits down the middle of on two sides of that issue so so like uh the point is these scientists discover oh my god there's a meteor the size of like Alaska or something like the size of Mount Everest. There's a, there's a a meteor the size of Mount Everest. It's going to hit us within six months. And then they calculate It's like, it's going to hit us in six months, 20 days and 14 hours or whatever. And they, they go to the, they go to the white house and talk to the president. And then they go to, and they go on these, these new shows and they're, they're like, this is happening. Like we're all going to die. And, um, they basically come up with like the one kind of an Armageddon type solution where we're going to shoot, uh, w- warheads at it, and we're gonna break it up into pieces. And is that ho- what Armageddon is about? Yeah, I've never seen it. Ar- Armageddon is uh, a bunch of <coughs> astronauts. Actually, uh, Ben Affleck plays a roughneck in that movie. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> he's a he's a guy who he does oh, like oh Ben Affleck. Anyways, the whole point is he, he he's like an oil drilling guy, and and they send him to space to land on this asteroid so that he can use his drilling skills to drill down and drop a bomb into the middle of this. Meteorite. Um, in Armageddon. Not in to, Armageddon. I was going to say, that does not sound like it would fit into Don't Look Up. Well, but anyways, the the point is less about, oh, there's a meteor coming. It's more about how... How, how they respond to it. Yeah, and how, like, the, the, the politicians all... And you would think, okay, this is the chance that, like, we need to... Everything, politics be damned, agendas be damned, like, everything else shouldn't matter because we're facing this crisis and we should just take it head on and do whatever's needed to take care of it. That's what, that's what you would think. And yet immediately everyone's trying to politicize the the, the situation. And so to me, it's like, it's a comment on climate change. It's a comment on like COVID. Um, You know, why aren't we just, do you think it's intentionally commenting on COVID? Yeah. I think it's commenting on more than anything, more than those specific scenarios. It's, it's commenting on, how our society has reacted to those scenarios hmm. and the condition of our society being so splintered yeah. on everything and unable to agree on just the basics. Like we can't even agree on just like, yeah, this is a problem. Can we at least agree it's a problem? You know what I mean? Like that, sure. that's what I hear the filmmaker saying is like, can we at least look at the object of the objective facts and data that we have and, and, and agree on that? And it's like, no, we can't. And, and so the whole idea is the don't look up title is, uh, the 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 president in the movie and her campaign or her party, the president's a woman. Yeah. Um. So so the the people the scientists who are saying there's asteroids. They're literally just pleading with the world. Will you just look up? You can if you look up, you'll actually see it. It's close enough. And so she the the president and their campaign create a campaign called Don't Look Up. Yeah, <laughs> and so you have the don't look ups versus the just look ups, and and so and it was creatively done enough, and it's very clear to me what it's like the filmmakers trying to say about our society, mm. and generally I agree. It's like, why can't we just <clears throat> why why is information why is true hard factual information seems so evasive right now? 
you know, like why can't because it's purposely being censored <laughs> because, <laughs> because, pe- uh, because the people disseminating the information are doing it in such a way that it isn't fully trustworthy. And there's, there's so much to it, but, um, so I did watch that and I would, mm. I would suggest it. I think it, we could talk more about it. Um, how would you, well, how would anybody really <clears throat> know how they would respond to that? But like, I'm curious, what, is there something you would do like right away or what would come to mind if you found out that, that we were going through that? Like six, like six months out, the world's going to ex- ex- get, Ill- a lot of people are going to die. We all might die. The world might explode. Whatever it is, like meteors coming. Like, what would if, is it might die or or one hundred percent are going to? Well, in a meteor situation, it seems like it's plausible, right? Like that's 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 possible that in our lifetime that that could happen. Like, what would you what would your reaction be to that? I know it's almost impossible to answer, but I what, what comes to mind? I mean, to me, like if if just taking the scenario from the movie, if 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 it was if the powers that be came out and said, um, look, this is happening. We earth only has a, a six, less than a year to be earth anymore. <laughs> yeah. Then um, it's going to be something else. Uh, but this is the whole point of the movie too. I don't believe that they would tell that information to the world. They, you know what I mean? Like that's part of it is like, we don't want to, you know, they, they take the pow- pow- people in control get to decide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what we know and don't know. Sure. Um, but regardless, let's just say it's a scenario where we do know 100% certain with certainty that we're all going to die at a set within a finite amount of time. Like we're all going to die anyways. Um, but, um, (laughs) I, my reaction, I think if I was like, okay, at six months, like I'm, I'm going to try to first and foremost, I would probably just try to spend, as much time with the people who I love the most and just like soak that in. And I don't know, just try to like eat, eat amazing food (laughs) and like just try to like experience nature as much as possible. Yeah. And like, I'm sure that the things that are truly important to me would make themselves super clear in that, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, like my immediate gut reaction is like, oh, I'd want to like travel. But it's like if everyone on the earth knew that that was happening, like yeah. I'd want to go to all the places <laughs> I haven't been, right? But like, dude, you'd want, you would not want to go to an airport. <laughs> like yeah. airports would be mayhem. Like I would want to like be exactly where I am, be fully like present in that situation or scenario, whatever, wherever I am and just like soak it in, like just try to whatever. Um, go right in like my immediate vicinity and like, yeah, it would be much more about my relationships. I'm guessing. I don't really know though. Yeah. It's such a weird, I don't know. And you're married. So obviously you'd probably be like, Oh, yeah. like it, it, it would, you're not just going to th- try to like bang everybody. Necessarily. <laughs> that's not what I was getting at. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what, no, I was just saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not married, so I would be trying to. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what you were talking about. No, just like you, would, like holding your 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 loved ones, kind of thing. You know, would be uh, that much more clear. I'd be like, I don't have any loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, interesting. I don't. I I'm gonna watch that. I've been meaning to watch that. You should. Uh, I think it's it's. Well, it's now we can't do a whole episode. You just gave like a nice little synopsis of it. Um, we could do it. Yeah, we'll do it. We could. I would do a whole episode on it. I would say you said Green Knight was probably your favorite. I would, I would, of the few that I saw, the four or five that I did see, twenty twenty one. I would say probably Pig was the one I I, mm. I really liked the most. Pig was is a close second to to Green Knight. Like Green Knight, like for me, Pig, the message of it was so strong in this in the sense that it has a it's basically saying like (laughs) when you look someone in the eye and see them for who they really are especially if you're very discerning and you speak right right to the heart of who that is like you get to the truth like and you and it's also like showing that person extending like 
empathy. Because, like, all the conflict that this guy runs into, he has every reason to just react very, uh, you know, just just yeah, spur I, of the moment. I, I want to watch it again. Because what I felt about it, I was like, he was, to me, he was kind of like a Christ-type character. Where, like, hmm. he was so... Um, I was just getting images of like, you know, like the, the crucifixion of, of Jesus where he's just getting like brutalized and not responding, like not fighting back or even saying anything. He's just like taking it. Yeah. The scene where he gets just like his ass beat. Yeah. It's like nauseating. And he doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. He like, it's like John Wick where, but like, but through like, like he's just as effective as John Wick but he's doing it through like passive passivism and like, well, yeah, but I don't know. I don't view Jesus or that character as passive necessarily. I would view it more like not outrightly violent. He's not, he's not necessarily like fighting and punching back unless it really uh, is going to get him further to, to, to his, (laughs) that's the funny thing is like this, it had this movie. I, I heard other people talk about it before I watched it about how it has heart. And I'm like, but it's about a guy who lost his pig. Like yeah. how much heart could it have? Yeah. You just, once you're watching it, it's just the way that the filmmaker presents the story that yeah. you take it seriously. Well, and, and of, of course it's, yes, does he truly actually have love for this pig? He does, but it's more about his pain. Like his, you know what I mean? His face, yeah. his, his pain. And the, early loss. in the movie, he's got, he's got the tape that he's going to play. And it clearly has a recording of someone who meant a lot to him. And he stops himself from really listening to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, okay, that's like your little hint of backstory for this character. Clearly has had a lot of loss. And then he loses this pig, tracks people down to who like, ultimately who, <laughs> uh, Somebody who actually has eaten in his restaurant that he used to have, you you, you kind of through the through the story are un- piecing together that this guy uh, is like a master like chef who has like <laughs> in this sort of underground world of like foodies and uh, where is it San Francisco uh, Seattle right Seattle or Portland Portland one of those like Northwest sort of there's that whole kind of scene of like fine dining and people have like this reputation and this guy's kind of like a legend and uh finally tracking it down i mean i guess we're just totally giving everything away but like tracking it down to this person who has eaten uh his cooking and his reaction is instead of just like that was so beautiful like yeah instead of just like being aggressive about it he like cooks this meal for this guy who he find you know, you find out that, uh, so yeah. So what happened was <laughs> the, the, the antagonist of the, of the movie is this very wealthy, uh, basically like food distributor character. He's like a, he's, he's become very rich by distributing, uh, food resources to all the restaurants in the city. And from what you understand of him, he's like this, like typical, rich guy who doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself and he's just out for his own his own uh money basically and he's yeah. and he's got a, an, a son who can't live up to his expectations and he basically craps all over his son every chance he gets and um the son just basically wants to prove himself to him all that stuff it's a lot of tropes in that character but uh what's amazing is that when Nick Cage's character learns from the son that uh his parents had a very very contentious ugly marriage and they fought all the time and and it was brutal um that they had one memory that really stood out to them of eating at a restaurant and having just the most delicious meal paired with the perfect wine it was like this just like such a uh significant memory where they came back and they were laughing and they just like had such a great night together as a couple and you realized, spoilers of course, that that was at Nicolas Cage's restaurant and he loved and was so passionate as a chef 
that he remembered every single person he ever cooked for and exactly what he cooked for them. Yeah. And he recreated that special experience for that man as a gift because his wife had since passed. And so basically to summarize it, imagine meeting your worst enemy who, who went out of their way to ruin your life. Yeah. And you, and you had to go through hell to find that person. Yeah. And you think he finally found him. He's going to beat the crap out of him. He, you know, he's going he's gonna to tell him off something. You know what I mean? And what does he do instead is the most, like, beautiful act of, of care and service. Yeah. He, he, like, he humbly gives this man a gift that is the most special gift he could have possibly given him. Yeah. You're and, summing it up much better than I was. And, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, I thought... That's what that to me is like that to me is the Christ part of it because it's like that's the idea is like it's that understanding like it's, it's the it, person yeah. who had every right to punish you instead gave you the greatest gift you could ever imagine. That's why I was like that feels like a Christ story there hmm. um, because he had every right to to do whatever he wanted to to get retribution from that guy and instead he he like blessed him and. Then the guy, and, and up to that point, he didn't know, right? It was the reveal of the pig being dead was after that moment. Yeah. And he still, just like, he broke down, and then he was just like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, the, I thought it was such a beautiful movie. I need to watch it again. Yeah, and then he goes home, and he listens to that tape, and you can tell it's like a really emotional moment for him, like for moving on and healing from his loss. Yeah. and I mean, the movie is about loss and how you were, you respond to that, but it, yeah, it just feels about, feels like it is about empathy and, and understanding. Every and, interaction and, that he has yeah. along the way is so beautiful. Like how he, he's not out to hurt people. He's not out for revenge. He's only out to just get his pig. And <laughs> yeah. And like, and like the way that like he took the beating in that fight, in that restaurant fight club situation. And then, um, the, the other restaurant, the other restaurant owner who has found success um, he, they used to work together and they knew each other and the other, he goes to this other guy's, it's like the most like pretentious foo-foo restaurant yeah. that like you might see on chef's table, but you can tell that this guy's not real. Like, and he, yeah, he l literally sees like the real him and looks him in the eye and like, and speaks to that and he it, goes, it just he, he's wrecks like, him. He's like, what did you always tell me that you wanted to do? He's like, no, this is good. This is perfect. Like we're doing very well. Yeah. Uh, the critics love our food. You know, we're doing. He's like, what did you always tell me you wanted to do? And he's like, I wanted to start an Irish, an authentic Irish pub. And he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, but and that's not that's not sexy. And he's you like, know? but, but he's like, but people don't want that. People right. don't want that here. They want this. And and he basically makes the guy face the fact that he's a complete fraud and that he's that's so good that he abandoned all of his own dreams for the sake of just placating to the critics yeah and it wrecks the guy he's yeah. like he's like i'm a fraud yeah <laughs> well because it means a lot coming from this person you know like the average person could look look at him and, and say that to him but it would bounce off but like coming from him who, right who, someone who knows knew, him yeah. well they have history and also uh, he, you know, he just is like this, like myth, like <laughs> almost this like mythical being going, like going through this, this city and everyone's like, Oh, it's this guy. And he's like, like covered in crap and blood the whole time. Like he never showers. <laughs> no, like, he never cleans himself off. Like he's just disgusting. <laughs> and and I, he's just, his face is all swollen from the fight. He's just like, Ugh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that movie was shot. Like I love, that's like my favorite kind of movie where it's so heartfelt, but, it, and it's just made not, I don't want to, um, misrepresent how it's shot to make it sound like it's, it's not sappy. Like we're making it sound sappy, but it's not, <clears throat> but the, even just like the way it's shot, it's just very, very simple handheld. Most mm. of it's handheld. The lighting is very minimal and very realistic. Yeah. It definitely has lots of like realism. use of natural light. Yeah. And I love that. Cause, uh, because I, I appreciate feeling like I'm in the real world and this totally is, these yeah. characters are real. Like I, that's, that's my, the kind of movie that I really enjoy. Um, 
Yeah, the only reason I've that Pig is sort of number two for me and Green Knight is number one is really just a stylistic. Like, I think Pig hit me harder emotionally and made me think about treating others um, in a way that I, I would like to be able to. I'd like to be capable of that, it like which is really a beautiful thing. If a movie can do that and get to If me, a movie can make it, you think on that level. If a movie can like hit me in the feels in a way that like that's that's tough, you know, that's tough to to accomplish. And Green Knight hit me in a way that was just more of an experience and like a creative otherworldly Yeah. Something that I would want to be a part of making. Yeah, they're different, different it's, movies. It's, and it was more inspiring to me as an artist and also, like, the philosophy of it and the message of it was much more uh, more philosophical and meant a lot to me as well. And I just think of if I have to pick one objectively, I'm like, uh, Green Knight, to me, is like 10 out of 10, and Pig is like a 9 out of 10. Like, just, yeah. just barely behind. <clears throat> like, it's just there. Like... And but there's no real reason for either of us to pick favorites, but it's just sort of the na- the natural order of things, I guess. But yeah, I think uh, you can enjoy such a wide spectrum of movies for so many different reasons. To me, like I look at Pig and say, if I could only make one movie in my life, and like I would want it to be the kind of movie like that that actually gets mm-hmm. that actually uh, has a chance at influencing the way that people think and feel and treat each yeah. other. Yeah, because that's like. That to me is like that's what's the most important thing. Well, and how do you do that in a way that feels fresh? Like that movie felt new and fresh and different, and like that. It, but it, with a, a timeless message, you know. Yeah, that's tough to do as well, and in in a way that's like, yeah, it just has. Like, I'm gonna that watch it again. I do. I'm I do gonna too. watch it this this weekend probably now. Yeah, I wanna I wanna watch it, again. <clears throat> and then I'm gonna watch the Matrix. Oh, should we talk about the mustard trash, <laughs> resurrected, rebooted? Let's talk about t- parts. Two couldn't talk about two more opposite movies back to back. So, let's just keep this as short as we can. Maybe we'll even make this a separate video. The Matrix, like for those of you who haven't seen it, like just like, just like prepare yourself for the first <laughs> Matrix potentially being ruined forever, and not. <sighs> and I'm not being dramatic. Like it really reuses footage for the first matrix in a way that you'll not be able to get out of your head. <laughs> and it really, it makes fun of the franchise in a way that's a very strong wink to the audience and kind of mocking the audience. And it also, it does things that I haven't quite seen before, but not, not necessarily in a good way. I've been really surprised by some people's responses to this uh, movie. Like some people are th- thinking that it's like clever for it's the polarizing f- again it it is polarizing and i could i was i've been baffled by the fact that it was polarizing like i feel similarly to when i i stopped watching dune where i was like well people certainly feel the same way i do like no everyone loved dune and i was like but at least dune had a lot of things that you could see were strengths honestly <laughs> it's again it sounds so dramatic I think about the top like five movies of that I, make me furious that like I hate with <laughs> every f- with every fiber in my being like and it's usually an emotional response like some of the new Star Wars movies or something where you're like they're just they're just ruining what makes this good you know like that seems to be a big thing for you is if there's if it's if it's disrespecting prior work then yeah well because movies to me are like how i've tried to like understand the world and i probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah but <laughs> you know what i mean like problem like it, it is probably but like i to me movies are so important and stories are so important but movies are my are like my favorite not just like way of entertainment but just like to digest like you know messages and like think about the world and there's they've meant so much to me throughout throughout my childhood and like getting older and the matrix is like one of those movies where you're just like, Holy crap. Like I've, it affected the way I viewed reality. And I always was one, one growing up questioning reality, like watching certain movies like the Truman show or something. I'm like that it, it really captures a feeling that I have where I'm like, this is all something, something's off. It could (laughs) totally be fabricated. Like, what do I know? I don't know if this is like quote unquote real and does it matter? 
does that gonna, is that going to change the way I'm going to live my life? Is is this all is this all a computer program? D- d- should that matter? Should I even spend time thinking about that? The Matrix explores it in a way while it's combining genres together in a way that had never been done. That sort of like yeah. Hong Kong kung fu style, but also hard sci-fi. Like, there's so many elements of it that are just like so good. Ground groundbreaking filmmaking techniques and and like right. technological and the, breakthroughs. And in then film. the visuals. It's like it's like with all these other movies I'm thinking about that I absolutely hate. There's redeeming qualities. The visuals in Dune, the visuals in some of the Star Wars movies, some of the, I don't know, whatever. But, like, I literally cannot think of any redeeming qualities for the Matrix Resurrections. Like, I don't, I didn't enjoy one aspect of it. Like, I I, I, I was, like, blown away by how, I got to the point where I had to just, like, laugh at it. It was, like... The first half, I was like just in like just cringe mode. I was like, oh, like I was like I was just becoming a fetus like in the theater. Like I was also in the theater, which is even worse because I like paid money to see it, went out of my way, like <laughs> got excited, like met friends there. Like the whole process, it's like yeah, it's a movie, and it's like yeah, at the very least, I have low expectations, but at the very least, the visuals and the fights will be that matrix level. Like I, I'm thinking like they have to try to at least outdo some of what they did. Mm. They go in this other direction of like, no, 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 let's like make fun of the fact that you ever liked the matrix and we'll kind of do it in a wink, wink, like meta way of the, for like the audience. And I get that that was probably seen as clever. Uh, but it just doesn't work when you do that as a setup. And then the rest of the movie, you go into, Oh, now we're supposed to try to take it somewhat seriously. So it really didn't, it didn't fully go down one path of like, this is a sort of a meta, like semi joke, wink, wink, like, isn't it funny? And it didn't also go into, this is a full on matrix, uh, continuing the matrix story. It was sort of trying to have its cake and eat it too. And like, dude, I, I just, I, I hate, I hate (laughs) it. I hate it. I hate this movie so much. And I've gotten, I've like, you know, I talked to you the next day and we like, I was, I was like, I, I was yeah, like, you were I, hot. I, I, I don't, I lost my mind. I can't, over yeah. It. I can't think we of, should have recorded it then because it was so fresh. Yeah. At this point I've like, it's like, it's like getting over a breakup or something. It's like, you can't be, you're, you're just trying, you're trying to get to the acceptance phase. I'm trying to get to the, it's like, it's like you have to just let it you go. You were definitely in because the anger at this phase. Because at this point, I just want to enjoy the first matrix again. I'm like, if this can't take away what the first matrix has meant to me, but it might, it might take away the matrix meaning something to me for future in the future. And I'm like, to me, that's like, that's makes me mad. And not, not just that it's a bad movie, but like, it's almost like they were, they were like going back on like, Oh, the matrix is a good idea. Even it's like, they were like, yeah. So this is, this is why I think it's actually, I would actually watch it again only because no, it's not about the film for me anymore. I like to, I like to look, get out, step outside of the movie in certain cases, like with Tenet. You know, these are some some reasons I like Tenet because I like to try to, I like to try to speculate what what was the filmmaker really doing? Where were they at? And like, why did they make these weird choices? Right. So I look at the Matrix Resurrections and I think, if 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 uh take the matrix trilogy out of it. And if you just saw this movie, it was the first thing that, that Wachowski made and you watched it, you would be like, this is terrible. It makes no sense. And it's an awful movie. It's poorly executed. The acting's bad. The writing's bad. The visuals are weird. Like all of you would just look at it and be like, this is a pile of trash, but then you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wouldn't, re- <laughs> I wouldn't watch it again to watch it as a movie per se. Yeah. I would watch like it again. Research. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I'd watch it right. again to speculate as to what's really going on here. And I, I kind of enjoy that process, like p- putting the puzzle together in my mind. And I, I think like, okay, this is an interesting case study in an art, an artist. Truly. I mean, like, like the Wachowskis at their best were doing some really incredible stuff. Yeah. And that, that was 20 years ago. And, <laughs> and it's also interesting. They were, identifying as men and you can't 20 years later you can't get any more different <laughs> as a human than they've 
become. They've clearly changed. They're different people. Yeah. And it's almost like Which that's like, definitely a theme in this in this. Oh, story. absolutely. Yeah. It, it's totally her saying this is my journey in a lot of ways. And like yeah. and like a lot of the ways that I used to think, I'm now going to sh- I'm so I'm gonna score. I'm now gonna piss all over my old ways of viewing and thinking on the world. That's what I think she was doing. And I think she was like, it's like if uh, an artist, a brilliant painter, used to paint something in a way, and it was beautiful, and everyone loved it, and it was amazing. And then they had life experiences that changed who they were. Yeah. And then they went back, and they, in front of all their biggest fans, they stacked all their paintings, original paintings up, and then lit them on fire and said... Right. It's constant. And said, take that. It's trying to say that my high concept personal thing... It's trying to avoid um, criticism but, uh, because it's winking at the audience to the point where I've ar- I already know what you're expecting. I'm not going to give it to you. And it's like, it's like when you take an art class and there's an artist who takes something like this, crushes it up, and is like, now it's my own. There. But what it really represents is... You know, my my childhood, you know, with my drunk father who, you know, caved my mother's head in or something, whatever it is. It's like some, it's like some super personal yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And it's all this. It's high concept. And then you can't argue with it anymore because yeah. you're like, well, this is what it means to me. And then you're like, well, now I feel bad. Right. Because I've, I've read I read some stuff and I looked up because I was fascinated. Like, what is Lena Wachowski because it's just, it's just, it's just Lena Wachowski. It's not, it's not both of them together. It's just her directing. And so I was like, what, what are you thinking? But they what is write, inside your they, brain? Didn't they write it together? They might've written it together, yeah. but she directed. And I was like, what are you, what are you trying to say? And what are you doing? And, it, and, and, and there was all this like personal like pain and stuff attached to it. And it's like, okay, so now it's this personal project. Right. And now you're using it to process grief. And that's great. That's what, that's what artists do. But I still, as an, as an, uh, like objectively, you have to still look at this crush can and go, that's not, that's nothing. That you, your art sucks because you didn't do anything. Well, like, you attach like meaning, meaning to it, and that's great for you. But really, it's lazy and it sucks. As a fan, and of- I always felt that in like art classes where there's like that <laughs> artist who's just, it's all about, it's all about the idea surrounding the art, and it's really just like, well, you just, you just don't have it. You're like, you don't, you might have an idea, but that's the thing is like, at once they did have it, like they had something special and unique, and uh, it's like it, 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 it I'm, I don't claim ownership on on someone else's art, uh, you know, years ago just because it meant something to me. But it's like you can have those same themes, explore those same ideas in a way that uh, works, right? Well, like just you do could it, do it in a clever way. Or, or like you could explore, like I could come up with a much better analogy for some sort of like uh, motivation of like past trauma or whatever than a crush can that, I, that I'm well, it's using It's pretty good right in now. the moment. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Like, I, like, like create something that like it has a lot more depth uh, and in, in it, I don't know. It almost feels like yeah, that, like a, like a crushed like bag of chips or something. Right? Yeah. There you go. Um, it's like when you, I mean, when we used to be in the sprinkler factory, like some of the, it's like <laughs> we had like a, a little. There would we used to share a, space with an art gallery. There would be an art. There would be an art gallery in there, and you know, it's like you'd see one thing that's just like an old boot on a thing, and you're like, okay, and then you'd see that they score just painting next to it, and it's like I understand it's completely different ways of expression, but me as an artist also can feel like I, I'm, I have the right to be, have like an objective opinion. Like the old boots lazy and there's nothing to it. There's a meaning attached to it. That's great. But like, I want to look at the detailed painting and I feel like I get more from that and I can, I can come up to my own conclusion. And well, one, one, this, this analogy is poor, is poor. Is I get what stupid, you're saying. Like, what, like in, in that scenario, one of them actually took legitimate talent, time, effort, meticulous, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Uh, it's not like they didn't, they didn't work on this or anything. It's not like it's like completely whoa. lazy. So that's why it's not a good analogy. I don't know what I would say. I've had like 9,000 thoughts while you rambled. So now I can't collect any of them, but, um, I think, yeah, it's, I think you, you have the filmmaker who is trying to express how they've changed yeah. and, yeah. and, 
that's great. And I think that's actually a beautiful thing that they should be able to do. And, and, and I, but I think what is upsetting is as a, as a fan of the prior work that it was meaning like just because your opinion of what you made may have changed doesn't mean that it wasn't significant to a lot of people. And, well, and, 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 and it, yeah. And, or, it, and that, that significance may have, it has changed for them too. Like just cause you've changed doesn't mean the world has changed. And so it's kind of disrespectful to people whom really enjoyed what you made to then take a crap all over it and, and kind of ruin it for them. Why didn't you just make a whole new thing? Why didn't you just make a new movie? From what we seem to understand in the actual movie, in the story, this is where it gets meta, is where they're like, hey, Warner Brothers wants you to make a movie. Like, we don't need to go into the whole plot synopsis. Yeah. Um, but you I, know, Yeah, you're right. I kind of forgot about this part, though. They're, they're going into the whole situation where, you know, Neo, Actually, yeah. it, Neo is back in the, is back in the Matrix. He, you know, he's a video game designer. He designed the first three Matrix movies as video games. So in this world, all everything that you saw in the Matrix as the movies is a video game. And it's not like they go out of their way to make like video game versions of these of these <laughs> these scenes. No, no, no. They just show footage of the movies that you already saw, which makes no sense. And then so they're but then they're saying, well, Warner Brothers needs you to make like a fourth game. And it's they're trying to do this meta thing where like Warner Brothers asked us or it's, told yeah, us hilarious or told us that like we have to make a fourth Matrix movie. So the motivation behind this movie really well could be that where Warner Brothers is like, hey, we own the rights. Like we're gonna make it without you. Do you want to be a part of this? And they're like, oh crap. Well, I guess I'll just write something that's so ridiculous, that's so like anti like sequel. You know, this really feels like it's more. It's trying to touch upon like movies and sequels in that whole world which it's like i get like the i i also hate meaningless <laughs> sequels that's why like when they said they were making a fourth matrix movie i was like i don't even know if i want to watch this but i was yeah. just curious like it was pure curiosity but the way it's executed it 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 really i mean i think in hindsight i'm able to d- detach it from the first three um but while watching it I was like, well, I'm going, I'm here to see the fourth Matrix movie. So I was so blown away. <laughs> like my mind was just like, it was just melting with like the fact that they were, they were like making fun of the, of the, the, the first three movies. And you're like, am I supposed to take this movie that I'm watching now seriously when it's making fun of the world that inhabits the movie I'm watching? Like, what are you doing? And then, and then once I kind of get that tone, <laughs> and it seems like they're making fun of like Hollywood and like executives who have like had conversations with them probably, which it's like all of that is fine. And I'm actually like I, the messaging I agree with with all of that, but it was just in it seemed like it was in such poor taste. But then the second half of the movie, just objectively as a story, is basically we need to, hey, Neo comes out of the Matrix again does the whole same thing that happened in the first movie, and now he needs to go get Trinity out for no real reason. Like the actual, It's not even worth going into the story uh, of the movie. Well, that's, but that's, so like, that's my biggest, I think, gripe with it, is not even just the fact... Wow, I like spilled I honestly, I on, it, it, um, it Not even just the fact that like there's the fight scenes are horrible, the camera work's not even interesting, like they like purposely tried to do a different style. It's not, it's not fun to watch. Like... There's different characters playing like Morpheus and Mr. Smith. Like they they write their way around that somehow. Like there's all these obvious things that are like just this is bad. But then when you when you step back and you just go, what's the story? Oh, they gotta get Trinity out. Of, like they gotta get her out of the mate. Like wa- yeah. like for no reason. Like it wasn't. It didn't have any stakes really. And then yeah. the ending is obviously like the the most uh, upsetting, which we don't even have to talk about. But it's like. I was trying to rack my brain for like, well, this aspect was okay. Like, I really, I honestly think this is the worst. <clears throat> it's the worst, and for me, in my opinion, it is the worst thing. <laughs> it's the worst movie. <laughs> it's the worst. Are you back? Movie. Are you back, Mike? Because you've been gone for about sorry, ten minutes. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> I honestly felt like I was just listening to your podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably interrupted you too. I, I, 
<laughs> I didn't even think we were gonna get fully into it. No, I just yeah, gonna scan yeah, over yeah, it. It's yeah. not even worth talking about. It sucks. Yeah, let's not let's not spend any time on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, what do you? Sorry, I'll shut up and you say your piece because you have a, you have a lot more nuanced perspective and you're not getting as emotional. And this is me totally toned down after a couple weeks. Oh my god, this is nothing compared to where you were at. Day the day one, one. Oh my gosh! I couldn't even work. He couldn't. You spent an my roommate couldn't even talk to me after the movie. <laughs> he was so upset. He was more upset than I was. He couldn't even. I was like, "Yeah, what did you think of that?" He's like, "I can't. I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> he literally couldn't talk to me about it. We saw it together, and uh, then then we talked about it. I think the next couple of days, but dude, I, yeah, yeah. I, all I'll say, and we should stop talking about it, is um. <laughs> I should stop talking. Is uh, <laughs> it, it felt like I want to hear more from from the Wachowskis because well, look up. There's an interview. I will. Yeah, I'm gonna read it, but it it felt like they weren't setting out to make a movie, let alone another Matrix. They weren't setting out to do that. But when the studio nope. came to them and said, "We want to make money on this." once popular franchise and we're going to do it with or without you. And if you don't want to do it, well, you won't even make any money off of it. If, if we make it, you know, we'll just cancel your contract. It seemed pretty clear that that's what they were saying in the movie. And they were like, all right, fine. If you're going to be that way, we'll make it, but you you're get ready. Like, and it, and it was almost just like, I'm not the person that made the, that franchise anymore. So you're going to get a whole different thing. And you know, and, and so that's what felt like happened like that. It was just not it's not the right way to go about making a movie. It just didn't feel right. You know, you don't you shouldn't force twist someone's arm into making something that that's what I think set it up to be a bummer. And yeah. uh, maybe there would be a more interesting, nuanced version of it if it came if they were if they were making it willingly, you know? Um yeah. But, but it, yeah, it's like because there's so m there were so many parts where I was like, I feel like the message of this movie is that like this movie should have never been made. <laughs> That's and what I'm it like, felt so like. why did you make it? You know, because they were like, oh, I was just put in this situation and and screw the world and screw the studio. <laughs> yeah, they were basically like making fun of Warner Brothers. And it could be that they were like, you're gonna ruin it, and if and if anyone's gonna ruin it, it's gonna be me. That could have been part of that. Could have been part of the attitude too. Yeah, like no one's gonna ruin my franchise. I, if anyone, I'm gonna do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's kind of like a, a George Costanza like tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> if it's anyone, it's me. <laughs> well, and I get that they were. It was like a. It was self aware. You know, it has that going for it. It's not like, um, you know, some of the newer Star Wars where it's not necessarily. It's not trying to be meta. You know, it, it will. It would be trying to take elements from what made the original franchise good and try to twist it into trying to do something now that's also good and, and, and force feeding you something in a way that's like, like it, you like it. Like it's not necessarily doing that, which I'll give it that, but it's, this is why I said, this is why I tell people to watch it. I'm like, Watch it because it's unlike anything else. Yeah, and that's why I just wanted to put the disclaimer in the beginning, though. It's like if you don't really care about the Matrix, it's in an interesting, it's an interesting viewing experience. But if the first Matrix actually means a lot to you, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll be able to watch it's it again and not throw up. But like, the, I don't know. Like, I it just felt like the, the it it kept it literally showed probably fifty five shots from the first movie in flashes. That were so unnecessary. It literally projected the first Matrix movie in the scene of the Matrix Resurrection. Like I, I couldn't <laughs> believe what they were doing. It's it's interesting uh, to me. It's like 1999 was the world and America and society and culture were so different. Yeah, and the, and that's what the first movie came out, and it was really amazing. And then. This is so such a 2021 movie. Like, like it's yeah, it's just uh, our culture and our this is movies now and where we're at and like it, it felt it's just like this just fits into the weird bizarre world we're living in and this is this is it and it's not better in my opinion it's not better than it was back then but 
that at least what do you mean life <laughs> life life culture our society the state of things i think like, life is worse now <laughs> i think objectively it's gone way downhill and, and movies I, I also think that that's such definitely a, have that's such a uh, uh, an opinion of someone who's just getting older like i know you know, like, everything sucks no i i i think uh I think the 90s were, I'm thinking more like idealized. I, I don't think that things were necessarily way better than. Um, My friend has a funny song that uh, he's a musician and he, it's called when I was, when I was young or when I was your age or something like that. And the whole idea is like everybody has this idealized view of, or not at all. If you're lucky, you have an idealized view of your childhood. Cause it's yeah, like, yeah. And, and what, and what the world was like at that point and how culture was so much, uh, simpler and, and, and people, you know, like it doesn't really matter. There's that's such a common experience yeah. to look back and be like, it wasn't, you didn't used to be like this. Yeah. And, uh, and it hits kind of like a, a satire of a song on, on that mentality. Um, but it, it, he, he goes like way over the top. It starts, you think it's like, you think it's like, Oh, this is kind of a cute song about when I was young. And then he start and then he turns and he's like, yeah, back then, like we didn't have disease. And uh, everyone just listened to their parents, and uh, everyone was rich, and <laughs> he just starts going down like that. And you're like, oh, he's just making fun of that whole, that whole mindset. Yeah. Um, Ninety nine was a year for movies, though. For sure. Fight Club, American Beauty, The Matrix, um, other ones. There's so m- the other movies that came out in ninety nine. Yeah, but all right. Well, we definitely covered the best and the worst, I think, of the 2021 movie experience. 2022, I was just looking up. There's like Don't look up. There's all these <laughs> There's all these <laughs> big like blockbusters like Wakanda Forever, Thor, uh the next Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, another another Jurassic World. Oh, come Another on. Spider-Man and Avatar 2? Let's just stop. The Secrets of Dumbledore and a Batman movie. I'm like, what's happening? Yo, like, there's a Harry like a Harry the Potter. The Flash, like all these massive blockbusters <sighs> are back, baby. The only ones that can that I don't know. Uh, uh, none of those excite me at all. I'll watch I, I know, all of I'm them. Being, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic because I actually had hope that the film industry would start being Make more Make more things like Pig, please. Like smaller budget, like, yeah. you know, when you know, <coughs> just but no, that's not going to be the case. Oh, 20, wait, 2022 Aquaman in the last, the last oh, kingdom. Lucky yes, you. I'm going to see it in theaters, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, Avatar 2, no one cares anymore. It's papyrus font. Stop it. And oh, Batman. is no one cares anymore? Movie title because that I'd watch that. <laughs> No, I w- that's the funny the funny part about all this stuff is I'm so cynical, but then I'll go see Avatar 2 and then I'll see the Batman movie. And, and you'll hate it and you'll hate yourself and they know all of that. <laughs> I, I think um oh the only other movie I did see that like was a uh, Free Guy, Jurassic which I don't know if you did you have you even heard of Free Guy? No. I hadn't either. I'll look it up. I hadn't either, but it's um it's from the makers of Deadpool and it's Ryan Reynolds as the lead. Okay. And the Oh, I have heard about this. Yeah. So here's a good, here's a I version. Here's a version of we're living in a video game mm-hmm. that is, uh, is fresh mm-hmm. and um, and really well done in terms of like. Let me be clear. It's a silly, silly, goofy movie that you shouldn't be. You're not supposed to take seriously. Right. But that's the thing. It knows that, and so you know that, and you're then you can just, excuse me, surrender to that experience and just enjoy it for what it is. It's directed by a guy who's only produced like very serious movies. This is funny. And he's actually directs this No, isn't the guy who did Deadpool? Isn't that director? Same director? I don't know. I think it is. And and it's very Deadpool-ish in humor, but not nearly as like uh, dark and violent and appropriate. But, um, But point is, is there's an example of a movie that gets really wacky and weird and, and silly but it's enjoyable because it's consistent and it knows what it is and it stays in its lane. Like that's all I really ask of, of any movie is like, I can enjoy it. If, if you, if I understand what you're going, like what the world is and that it's consistent and it p- keeps it, it stays in its lane. Yeah. I hate when movies are like, wait, it was making jokes, 
and it felt silly and it felt like one thing, but now I feel like it's another thing and it wants me to take it seriously now, but now it's dramatic. Like once movies start doing that and it doesn't know where, what it's supposed to be tonally, I'm like, I'm out. Like that, that's why you should watch 15 minutes of all the DC movies. <laughs> cause they're, they're so funny. Cause you're watching it and you're going somebody, <laughs> like so many people like signed up for like gave this the thumbs up like as if this was gonna land and then they edited it and people looked at it and went yeah that works no, <laughs> and I, they put it out there and you're watching it, you're like i don't know what emotion you're expecting from me but there's this thing and then there's this part and it's like the it, it's so jarring it's like it's like scrolling through like social media and seeing different things yeah. pop up yeah. And like laughing and then, oh, and then, huh? And then it's like, what is this even? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I agree. Tone- I, I would suggest for you guys, like it's, it's creative. The visuals are like amazing. Like, uh, like, I don't know how they, it blows my mind when they, when they're able to create such elaborate detailed worlds that just from scratch like that. Hmm. And, uh, and it's kind of a fresh take on like, it, it, Entering into we're in a video game, but the, you know the the humans are playing the video game and, and they know that. But then you get to enter into the experience and perspective of the actual non-playable characters, the the AI characters. Yeah, and like what would that be like for them? So that I thought that was like a funny, interesting take, and it was enjoyable. Nice. Not like a, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's a great movie, but it was enjoyable. No, but you've brought it up a couple of times, and it sounds like it's worth watching for sure. So well, let's uh, with let's, that, yeah, let's wrap this wrap this biscuit downtown. Yeah, we didn't get nearly as weird and goofy and silly as I thought we would if it was ever just gonna be you and me. Yeah, well, we kept our shirts on next time. Yeah, next time. Well, it's kind of been a long day. A lot of talking. I'm today. a little. It's a lot. Like, yeah, I was like, maybe we should just push it off, but I kept pushing this podcast all uh, this whole week. So I was just like, let's just do it. And I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> if I if I wasn't so tired, I probably would get actually riled up talking about <laughs> the Matrix. I'd actually be upset. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me? Can you imagine me getting upset about the Matrix? And that and that and that what we just experienced wasn't that. What you just experienced is me after this this beer. Uh, that's Mike being feeling. That's Mike tiring himself. Me feeling tired. <laughs> I'm not even purposely tempering. I was just. I just feel. I'm like, oh, oh, whatever. Well, thank you, 2021, um, for a few good movies <laughs> and for a lot of bad ones. And here's hoping that 2022 will surprise us because we're not going to hear about the good ones. You don't hear about the good ones ahead of time. Most, for, it, most I'm of the, excited for The Northman because <clears throat> that's Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> I don't have a- my eyes on anything. That's else. how where I'm learning more and more. Like you gotta, you gotta just find the filmmakers that you really like, and then keep keep tabs on them, and then not worry about the big the big in your face stuff. Because anything you're hearing advertised is going to be those outrageous blockbuster reboots that yeah. are you know. So if you want to watch those, great, you should. But also, movies of substance tend to be the ones that you don't really hear about and you get lucky and you find them. Well, that's what we hope to talk more about on this podcast. Movies of substance and then movies that make us angry. (laughs) (laughs) Movies of substance and movies that make us substantially upset. (laughs) All right. All righty. Bye. Love you.